Hello, everybody. Crypto traders around the world. We're back with another episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net, a.k.a. Basic Cryptonomics. Thank you for joining here today. My name is Leister. I'm your host. We've got a couple topics I want to go through. First, let's get the particulars out of the way, and then we'll jump right into this. Once again, that site is CryptoTalkRadio.net. That's where you're going to find all of our past, present, and future podcast episodes. The podcast is on all major podcasting platforms as well. Feel free to check that out. Let us know what you think. Link at the top says contact. Click that. Fill out the form. Come straight in. We read each and every one of those. We appreciate hearing feedback from our listeners, whether you're a subscriber or not. We would appreciate your subscription if you're a first-time listener. We again welcome you here. We think you're going to find it's completely different from any other crypto podcast that's out there. And hopefully you get great enrichment to the point that you feel like you want to spread the word out there. The last thing I'll call out is our triad membership. The triad is where we are trying to build a community of serious investors, not the kids that say the word Jeet and say the word Keck and can't half read. We're talking serious investors that believe there's something to this cryptocurrency thing and they want to talk to other grown adults, other serious people. Get away from the toxicity. Check it out on the site. Click on triad. It'll tell you about our different tiers for joining the full on triad. If you still have questions, you can join us in our discord channel. CryptoTalkRadio.net slash Discord will take you straight there. And anybody will be happy to answer any questions you may have. Given that, let's go ahead and jump right into our content for today's episode. A new day, a new era for cryptocurrency, possibly bad news for your host Leister here at CryptoTalkRadio.net. Welcome back to the show or welcome to the show, depending on your specifics. Thank you for being here. I'm going to share a personal story, won't take too long, and then we'll jump right in with no transition. So I had a situation happen. I got my two titles, so we're good, and I was ready to get out of here. But then my endeavor, which is essentially my only endeavor, I still have the second one, but I haven't dialed in like I was supposed to. (laughs) So I'm probably going to get chewed out. But it's, you know, but with the first, it's like they're starting to have some issues um, that's, uh, very challenging work. I've had to spend 12-hour days. It used to be 18-hour days, so we're making progress. But 12-hour days getting stuff working and settled. And then today, there was a situation with some of the data, and I've got to research it tomorrow, and that's going to burn some more time. So I've got a lot of different things I've got to do. And the other person that's assisting, I can't get him set up because I'm too focused fixing things. And i got to get him calm state. I'm close, but this issue came up recently, and I warned management, this is going to be a problem and I got to take it carefully. And unfortunately, a couple of these records got missed. So I've got to do that. And that's not fun. It's not fun spending time on cleanup. It's not fun not being able to move forward. It's not fun be- not being able to do the things I want to do. And I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, the customer is reasonable, but this is one of those situations where they may be really pissed off. But there's nothing I can do because they went in and they modified it. and The system can't know that they modified it or what it should do about it. So, Time will tell, and hopefully, again, it's going to be a calm whatever to it, but I've got to go in there, take my lumps, and see what it is. Speaking of lumps, let's talk about some cryptocurrency, and let's check out uh, Coindesk is what I'm going to use for this. Zooming out to the month chart, of course, we had our run-up. Bitcoin got above 30,000 mark. Middled between 29.5 and 35, which is 30,500, so that's a very good range. And I did say that it would need to get above that 30,000 mark to see if we can go on a run. Right now, it looks like it's trying (laughs) to go on a run. That's what it appears to be. But there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of people selling. So if you're in the core 
hopefully you are taking profits because there would have been a really good profit opportunity, as I mentioned on last week's episode, or um, excuse me, Monday's or Tuesday's episode. There would have been a good profit opportunity, especially around Bitcoin. Ethereum didn't go up so much. Ethereum's at 1879, middling between 1867 and 1933. So Ethereum didn't go on nearly as much of a run as Bitcoin did, and Ethereum went back down quite a bit more than Bitcoin did. But there's still opportunities to take profit. Hopefully that is what you did, is take some profits and not sit on it. If you are a long-termer, absolutely that's your strategy. I'm saying that I think profit-taking is the right thing to do, in my personal opinion, because you can't know what's going to happen with the SEC and the Gary Gensels of the world, and I'll have a little bit more on that here then shortly. So then I was curious. I was wanting to know, just in Bitcoin, I only focused on Bitcoin for right now, but for Bitcoin, what was really the long play of this thing? Are we back where we were looking good before, or is this just a short-term thing and we expect to go back down? We don't have the same momentum that we had before. When I say momentum, and I've said that on a couple of occasions, you've probably heard me. When I say momentum, I'm referring to overall sentiment. I'm referring to velocity of inbound money. I'm referring to new money flowing into cryptocurrency. I'm referring to a lot of different things. But when we look at the big picture of it all, we want to understand is new money coming into cryptocurrency or are people just basically bouncing from project to project? It's not bad necessarily that they bounce from project to project, but Again, ideally, we want to see more money, new money flowing into cryptocurrency because that's how we're going to get another run. There's theories about who's actually triggering this latest run, and I'll get to that here shortly, but I still maintain that we need new money in cryptocurrency that we don't have. What we have right now is we have some institutionals that are buying in and largely around Bitcoin, rightfully so. We also might think that the Bitcoin run is related to the fact that SEC has largely left it alone. For the most part, they've looked at some of the other ones. This would help explain some of the Ethereum price movement, but it wouldn't help explain some of the other coins like Cardano that went on a run. Because Cardano, of course, is proof of stake. So there's a number of different things out. And again, I just think it's a good chance to take some profits because if it does go back down, you can buy back in, increase your position, or you can sit on it and wait and see what happens. I do think that I do think there's an opportunity to go on a run. And generally speaking, sentiment is positive, at least on the Bitcoin side. We don't know around the board. Across social media, we see that there's a lot more chatter around Bitcoin in particular. And the theory, and I don't know how accurate or true this is, but the theory is that Twitter is losing some of its influence with respect to how it impacts cryptocurrency prices. Used to be that Twitter was the place to go to cause these unreasonable pumps. It seems like a lot of people may have abandoned Twitter because there's less of that chatter. We're not seeing nearly as much of that chatter around cryptocurrency. Seemed like it started roughly around the demise of the blue check marks. Fancy that. Meanwhile, on the Google, so just general Google searching, uh, different Google uh, communities and things, we're seeing more people gravitate that way. We're seeing more people gravitate back to Facebook. Imagine that. And we see a strong bullish sentiment overall at least in the short term. Only question remaining to be answered is how long it lasts. And nobody really knows for sure. Everybody can speculate. Even myself, I do think that, again, end of the year of 2024, we're going to see something really, really good happening uh, in the future. So digging a little bit more into this Bitcoin before I go to my, uh, my news for today, we saw a lot, a lot of Bitcoin transactions flying basically coming in and 
vast majority of these are whales. The vast majority of these are institutionals. The vast majority of these are looking to see this appears to be the time for us to create a position of a lot of money now when the price is here. They didn't go when it, the price dipped way, way down. But if you remember one of the older episodes, I said, chances are some of these stanky rich people, like 50 Cent would say, stanky rich people are actually buying bags at smaller quantities to stack, stack, stack. When the price was going way down, they were stacking bags just on the sly. And then what would happen is later, you'd hear some announcement from like a PayPal or something that says, we just bought, you know, 100,000 Bitcoin. Do, do, do. When the truth is, they probably have bags of like, you know, 500,000 Bitcoin or something. Like, I believe some of these large players were always accumulating Bitcoin in the background when the price was low. And then recently what we're seeing are larger transactions. Again, institutional money is part of this, but I also think that these are just wealthy individuals that are buying into Bitcoin now off FOMO. They see price up. They figure they go ahead and jump into it. They also see that the general positive news coming out from different outlets recently is spurring them to go ahead and say, yep, let's go ahead and do this. And we saw some recent updates about ETFs. You heard me talk about that just recently for Bitcoin. And that may have generated some more positive sentiment. That's why I wanted to talk about it when I did. And it's only one of them. There's multiple coming. The one I talked about was on Fidelity. There's more coming. And there's potentially a Wall Street-supported exchange. Now, that caused a strong bullish sentiment. If it turns out to be true, that would be huge because there has never been one of these exchanges that's really supporting and backing cryptocurrency. This is why I wanted to just cover that ETF that I did the other day because I was saying that this was coming. This Something's coming. Something's happening where you're seeing more support. And if you were looking at the ETFs, you should at some point see a correlation in the price according to these general bullish activities that are happening. So keep an eye on this whole deal. It's called EDX, a Wall Street supported or valued at least cryptocurrency exchange. It's only going to offer basic cryptocurrencies, ones that are considered largely commodities. So Bitcoin, Litecoin, and then Bitcoin Cash. Apparently it's going to author a theory, offer Ethereum, which is a proof of stake, my guess is if it does, they're going to eliminate it later when Gary Gensler comes out and starts talking to a thing. But they're trying to purposely focus on the ones that are not, they're definitely not considered securities. That's the upfront. And with this one, they're trying to say, these are not going to be in our custody. They're going to be in the custody of third-party banks. Banks are going to be licensed. So there's going to be regulatory oversight with the handling of the cryptocurrency and us, the exchange, will not have any control of your crypto. When I covered the Gary Gensler situation, I talked about the fact that their big beef is the fact that the exchanges basically have custody of your money and they can lend it out to other people. They can take profits, skim profits off the top. That was really their big beef around this whole securities business and the exchanges. EDX is trying to directly attack each and every one of these things and say, we're not going to have custody of your cryptocurrency. It's going to be held by third-party banks. We're not going to be involved in anything that we believe is a security. So it'll be very narrow, but it's going to be welcomed by General Wall Street, which of course is the banking place to be. Well, you might be wondering then, what does this all mean? It means what I said it meant on the other episode. It means that at some point there has to be a wider adoption of cryptocurrency. 
you know, I'm almost thinking that somebody's listening to Leister here at CryptoTalkRadio.net that has a lot of money, and they stole my damn idea from the last episode. Because you know what? Go back to my Tuesday episode and listen to what I said and listen to what I suggested about banks welcoming cryptocurrency and making it easy to transact cryptocurrency. And, you know, go back and listen to it. It's almost like somebody with a lot of money listens to your guy here, Leister, at CryptoTalkRadio.net. And I just want to say, if you are truly out there listening to my show and you got stanky, you're stanky rich, you got money flowing out of your ears, I don't want your money. What I want is to have you talk to me. I don't want to charge you. I'd like to talk to you. I'd like to hear these things. If, if you truly are out there and you're hearing me and I'm, I'm kidding about stealing my ideas, but if you're out there and you are inspired, let's say, about my ideas and you're trying to help change crypto and you're trying to do things right and you're helping this push, I would love to hear from you. I would love to talk to you. I think my other listeners would love to talk to you as well. CryptoTalkRadio.net, hit the contact form, reach out to me. I would love to chat it up with you because I'm very intrigued about the things that I see and I want to see this succeed and I would love to help if I can be of such help. The other point I'll cover, which is not directly cryptocurrency related, but I share it as a public service announcement to my listeners. Recently, hackers breached ChatGPT credentials and they leaked it on what's referred to as the dark web. I'm not going to scare you with what the dark web is. Just understand that the dark web is a very, it's a secret place. However, the government knows it's there. A lot of illicit things, I-L-L-I-C-I-T things take place on the dark web. It is not for the faint of heart, some of these things. We're talking, putting a hit out on people kind of thing. Well, apparently, this is also a place where if you get breached, you get hacked, passwords get hacked, credit cards get hacked, anything that gets hacked, they'll sell it on the dark web. So there are people out there that will, they're like brokers. It's like a, it's like a speakeasy, right? It's really, really shady stuff. And they'll sell all this stuff. Well, these credentials from ChatGPT got leaked on the dark web, and the way that we knew this, there are cybersecurity firms out there that are constantly looking for these things. They're constantly trying to keep an eye out for any sort of breach of information. And they'll they'll tell the source company, hey, your, your crap got breached here, bro. And then they try to help that company patch it if they want to. Sometimes the company doesn't, but they're trying to help them, you know, and it's whatever. So I'm going to quote specifically what this says. This came from decrypt.co, by the way. Quote, over 100,000 login credentials for OpenAI's ChatGPT artificial intelligence chatbot were leaked onto the dark web, according to a report this week from Group IB, a cybersecurity firm based in Singapore. Quote, Group IB wrote that the credential theft began in June 2022, but peaked at 26,802 stolen logins in May 2023. The theft, the report said, was orchestrated with the raccoon info stealer malware, which is a piece of software, which is downloaded by victims after receiving a phishing email. So let me stop there and let me explain for the layman. So you've heard Leister say, screw you and you're not you, but I'm saying in general, screw you and your smartphones. I'm not going to carry a smartphone. And I have technology certifications. Yes. And I've said, I have a dumb mobile phone. I barely even use it. I think I might make one call a month. If that I use a landline VoIP via voice over IP. I do not do apps. It has to be a direct web computer deal. And I'm anti-chat GPT. If you listen to me for a while, you've heard me say all these things, right? This, what they're saying is when you get 
if you have a phone, smartphone, and I'm assuming you do because the society's pushing on people, you get this app for ChatGPT. What happens is your information is easily accessible because your phone is constantly leaking data about you. You may not know this. When you connect your Google account, let's say it's Android, and you connect your Google account, your information is actually available. It's accessible. It can be connected to, reached, and all they need, all they need is to compare that, say, email address to some account that you likely have. And this is based on what you use your phone for. So let's say you use your phone to shop on Walmart, Walmart's app, right? So you do this and let's say Walmart's database gets breached and they get a list of the email addresses, which are your logins for walmart.com and the Walmart app. They can take that email address and say, this person uses walmart.com somehow. They either use it on a website, they use it on the phone, they use it somehow. Let's assume they use it on a mobile device. Let's send an email that looks like it's coming from walmart.com and we're asking them to log in and verify their data. If you've heard this story, this is called phishing, P-H-I-S-H-I-N-G. And what they're doing is they're phishing for your information. They're trying to get information from you by tricking you into thinking you're going to a legitimate site. You not knowing, not really, you're sleepy, you're tired, you're distracted. You click on this link and tells you log in. It looks like a valid walmart.com page. You type in your login data, you hit save or log in. The moment you do that, you have just given your password to the other side. Now, if the service uses multi-factor authentication, so this is where they send you a text message with a six-digit code and you type that in. You might think, well, that keeps me safe. Do, do Not always, because you may not know this, but when you have a smartphone or any phone, but really it's smartphone that's worst, when you have a smartphone, your phone number can be emulated, meaning that somebody else can set up a phone that uses your phone. So your SIM card is actually being emulated on a different device and you wouldn't know this. And it's not hard to do this. It's a form of engineering that's not difficult. When they do that then, they're intercepting your text messages so they can catch your two-factor code. Once they understand your phone number, they understand a lot more about your phone. They know about your location. They know about your details. There's a lot of data floating around about you that you may not be aware of. So this breach that they're talking about here, they would have been sent an email that looked like a legitimate email that asked them to click a thing, to log into a thing, and what it does is it intercepts your password and allows them to breach basically the, uh, in this case, ChatGPT application. But it also collects more information about your device. It collects places you visited, websites you visited, your history, other login credentials that might be stored on your phone, Let's say that you told this website, remember my password so you don't have to keep getting nagged. Cookies, which are stored in your browser to understand what was logged into where and why and when. But the worst, and this is why I talk about it here, your cryptocurrency wallet, if it's on your phone, I don't care if you have your fingerprint access, they can get access to the right key that allows them access to your wallet. And this is where it gets scary because I'll give you a statistic that you can chew on. From blockchain analytics, analytics rather, firm chain analysis, quote, over $3 billion in cryptocurrency stolen in 2022 alone. The vast majority of people store their cryptocurrency on a digital wallet, on your smartphone. And the vast majority of people 
when they get breached in terms of their wallet is likely happening through their phone, either because they gave their private key to somebody or because their phone was already breached by something that infected it or somehow they communicated it or tricked into communicating their private keys. So I want people to be careful. And this is why I'm calling this out because this is a very serious problem. And I am going to put on my hat and I'm going to act that jerk. And I'm going to say, this is why your guy Leister here at CryptoTalkRadio.net does not do smartphones. Because as a smart technology guy that I am, I already knew this is a risk. Now I know how to avoid it, but there are other things around the phone that are built into the phone that breach your history and your data to Google or something else. And I was not going to do that. So I call this out not to tell you or try to convince you not to do smartphones. That's not what I'm doing. I'm just simply informing you. This is what can happen if you leap on these tools that just happen to be the current shiny. Quote, one of the most common forms of cyber attacks, phishing attacks, come in the form of email, text messages, or messages on social media and includes sending fraudulent communications like texts and messages on social media that appear to come from a reputable source. Quote, this type of malware infects as many computers and devices, I put that in there, as possible through phishing or other means in order to collect as much data as possible. Group IB wrote in a press release co-authored with ChatGPT, info stealers have emerged as a major source of compromised personal data due to their simplicity and effectiveness Stop. So just understand how simple it is for your information to be stolen. That's the point. It's very dumb, simple. And despite your every effort to protect yourself, no matter what you do, your phone leaks a lot about you. And one of the reasons that it's worse now or feels worse now than ever before. Remember, we used to have all sorts of different types of phone operating systems. Yes, we had Android. Yes, we had Apple. But we also had BlackBerry out there. We had WebOS out there. We had a number of different operating systems, and so we had a variety of choices. You would never have seen something like this on a BlackBerry device because they were dumb devices. They did not do the same things that the current ones do. The current ones are designed, this one device should just do everything for you, which is why I'm against it. Because when it tries to do everything, it's going to suck at everything. It's not going to do everything great. It just happens to do everything. But then inevitably something's going to fail. And this is the kind of thing that can happen. That's the risk you take. And I believe I'll get off the soapbox in a second that the cellular manufacturers are part to blame because they've pushed away from dumb phones. They pushed people to storm smartphones and many of these services and these vendors have pushed you to go to their app deep, deep. instead of managing a website because with a website, your browsers are built to protect you from this kind of stuff. They can't do everything but they certainly are much safer than the local app on your device. Your device asks for permissions, all kinds of crazy that can openly breach your security. There's nothing you can do about it. So just be careful. If you do decide to continue and deal with these, just make sure that you are careful. Don't, don't allow yourself to get breached. And sometimes you can't know, but do the best you can and just be mindful of the kinds of things that you download. Be mindful of any emails that you click on something and make sure you Check and double check and triple check. If you're not sure, check with the original you know, sender. If it's walmart.com, ask them, you know, is there something wrong with my account? And they're probably going to tell you, no, it's a phishing email. Disregard it. The last point I'll call out real fast. This won't take long. We've noticed that the whole CBDC garbage has been spinning around a little bit. And the feds have been really hot and heavy 
about creating a stablecoin. They believe that a stablecoin, digital stablecoin that they manage is important for stability overall. But this, of course, contradicts what Gary Gensler and the rest of the SEC is talking about. And so we saw recently in the House out here in Congress that a bipartisan, as in both sides support, bill for stablecoin just got released out into the House for review to get some discussion, hopefully get it approved. And what they were trying to do is create a single voice around legislation for at least stablecoins. This would give some certainty to the companies like Coinbase. And it would also get Gary Gensler and all the other ones to shut the hell up about at least some of the cryptocurrency. It doesn't solve the whole problem. It at least gets the stablecoins to be mostly left alone. And we just have to watch and see what that one does. I'm excited to see it because I want to see exactly what that's going to look like. Big picture, though, cryptocurrency is not going anywhere, but I'm going to maintain what I said in closing. We're not in our lifetimes. We're not going to be in a world where fiat won't be in play. Cash is king. It's going to be king. It's too ingrained in what we do. We are not going to see a world in our lifetime where people's salary is paid in cryptocurrency because think about it. If you needed to do that, you'd have to get every bill, every, like your house payments, governments for property taxes, everything would have to accept cryptocurrency with some determinative value. And right now that determinative value is equated to what? Fiat. So unless you just say, yeah, I'm giving you a different type of currency, but it's still fiat equivalent, then what the hell's the value, right? That's why I'm saying in our lifetimes, we're not going to have where there's no fiat. Fiat will always be, for our lifetime, will always be in play because it has to be because everything is too dependent on fiat. <laughs> Just what it is. You're never going to have a world where something like take, uh, let's say they do create a stable coin. If they create it, it's going to let them print it, print and print and print. That means it won't have any value. And stable to what? The whole definition of a stable coin is it's pegged to fiat or some form. So fiat, by definition, by focusing on stable coin, means fiat cannot go away. I think this is a great thing, personally. I know there are some out there that will adamantly tell you your U.S. dollar is going to get taken from you, dude, dude, and you're free to listen to them or believe them. That's cool. I'm telling you from my lens, I don't think it's possible. And I think it's a good thing. And I think we should embrace the fiat and fix it. Because once we fix it, it should increase the value of the cryptocurrency that is trying to be pegged to it. And if we can do that, that should, in theory, increase the value of other cryptocurrencies. But we have to wait long term to see any of this play out. And meanwhile, no matter what, you still got to get the bills paid. You still got to keep people fed. You still got to get to work. Everything stays the same. Nothing's changed. It's all the same. And so I will surprise you with this. We're wrapped up for this week for Crypto Talk Radio. I am going to next week, I'm going to dedicate an episode, not dedicate, but I'm going to discuss Pepe. And the reason I'm going to discuss Pepe is not what you think. It's not to cover it as a swag. Rather, I'm going to dig into the innards from a sentiment perspective, comparing Pepe right now to Shib that was. Because I think there's an important distinction being created here where we can really learn from these two and what's happening so we can better understand what's really going on 
from a quote meme coin perspective, because right now Pepe has enough momentum that I think it's worth it. I can't ignore it. I have to talk about it. I'm not going to excessively talk about it, but I think it's worth talking about because it's possible there's something people know about Pepe and because money is not new money, it's just shifting. All of the other ones are being gutted. They're up, but they're nowhere near like this one is. There's got to be something there. And that's what I'm going to be doing the analysis on. So definitely tune in for that if you're interested. That's going to do it for today's episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. I want to thank you for listening here today. I know you have choices, whether you're a new listener or a subscriber. We appreciate each and every one of you. Check out our site, CryptoTalkRadio.net. We have a contact form, the link's at the very top. We'd love to hear from you and how we're doing and what you like or what you don't like. We read each and every one of those. Also, check out our triad. The triad is a community that we're working to build forward of strong, smart investors, the ones that want to lead us into the next generation of cryptocurrency to evolve cryptocurrency into a more mature investment strategy for people, help people as they're growing and they get into this space. We don't want the ones that say the word Jeet and the ones that say the word Keck. We want the ones that treat this as a serious thing. Join us on our journey. Until next time, take care, be safe. Please don't YOLO into projects, any project. It doesn't matter what it is. Be smart with your investments. Make sure you always keep a roof over your head, food on your table. Your family comes first. Don't get stuck in this. Our goal is to try to help keep you safe, but we're only an informing source. There are a lot of sources out there, some of which are not really looking out for you. They're looking out for themselves. So always be careful with the advice that you take and what you do with that information is up to you, but just be smart about it is all we ask. See you next episode.